Hello, I'm Hugh Cooney, inventor of the internet and storyteller. This story is the Crows of Christmas. Now, we all know that Santa keeps his naughty list, or as it's known in Ireland, the belled list. That's one thing across the board we can all agree upon. What we can also agree upon is that Ireland is a very special and unique place. It's unique in more ways than you can imagine. A well-known fact is that, in order to keep tabs on the children of the world, Santa depends upon his loyal army of elves. These elves spy and collect information, information about naughty children. You may know of them, the elves, sometimes fond of the shelves. Of course, the ones you see day to day, they're just ornaments. It's been a long time since an elf has set foot on the island of Ireland. You see, Ireland is synonymous with its own undersized supernatural being, the leprechaun. <laughs> now, the leprechaun is about the same size as an elf, but it doesn't have such the same mind. They both share a healthy work ethic, and they're great at making shoes and toys alike. Terrific crafts folk, the lot of them. But what's different about the leprechaun is they work for none but themselves. They're also known for keeping a decent stash of riches. I should know. I ran into a leprechaun once myself, ended up in a bad way. But that's another story for another day. Santa's elves work for the love of the job and loyalty to the big man, or big S as they're known to lovingly call him. Some of them even call him terms of endearment, such as S-Dog. Some of the more formal elves call him by his full title, Santa, Liege Lord of all Christmas. That's plural for Christmas. Look it up if you like. The elves are known to be a bit grovelly with Santa as well. Though Santa discourages this kind of behaviour. Some of them like snivelling and bowing when Santa goes past taking their little pointy hats off and wringing them until he leaves their presence. It actually makes Santa feel a bit uncomfortable. At the start, Santa used to say hello to every elf all the time and shake each one of their hands individually, you know, in between the index finger and thumb of his big sausage fingers. Doing this, he never got anything done. So he kind of ignored them for a while. That was a bit rude. Then he just nods at each one and says, Alright, how's it going? How are you? He, he doesn't actually really want a response, but often the elves will start going into saying, Oh yeah, I'm actually not really that bad. But it's actually just a figure of speech. He doesn't actually want to know how it's going. But when Santa got his worldwide operation into full swing, he ran into trouble when it came to Ireland. You see, the small supernatural beings of the world were unionised, and elves and leprechaun almost occupying the same space, size-wise, and an ethos, Santa found his elves wouldn't go into Ireland, as the leprechauns just wouldn't allow it. Now, the leprechauns are a bit territorial and quite gruff and surly and forever talking under their breath saying, I'll never get these shoes finished. Things to that effect. The elves weren't fond of confrontation either. This left Santa with the predicament. How would he know who was going on the belt list? if he had no eyes on the ground. Santa went to see if he could find the head of the leprechauns. He remembered that they had a king a long time ago. Although they unionised, 
They had no particular leader. Even the head of the union wouldn't hazard to speak on behalf of any other leprechauns. All leprechauns were operating completely independently of the next lad. You see, Santa wanted to see if the leprechauns would be interested in taking the role of the elves. There being no particular leader, it meant Santa would have to meet them all individually. Now Santa's a busy man and would usually send his elves to take care of such a task. But the elves were unwilling and unable to enter Ireland. You can see this was a bit of a predicament. With no one keeping tabs on who was being belled and who wasn't, the children of Ireland were being very, very belled indeed. Santa had to just give everybody terrific presents regardless of how good or belled they were. It just seemed like the fairest thing to do. He obviously couldn't go on doing that because everyone in Ireland was very, very belled. Because they get great presents regardless of being belled or not. Ireland had gone on so many Christmas. That's plural for Christmases. Check it if you want. That all these spoiled, belled children had grown up into spoiled, belled adults. Ireland was not a nice place then. You have people just throwing rubbish on the ground, sticking chewing gum under tables. Some people even taking two seats on the bus. I mean, actually sitting then putting their bag beside them and looking out the window, pretending not to see people who wanted to sit down. The whole country was full of spoiled Egypts. They were doing all sorts of stuff, like throwing the recycling in with the normal rubbish, leaving empty packets in the presses in the fridge, turning the heat in the house up to full and opening all the windows, you name it. Obviously, this could not go on. Santa had a mammoth task ahead of him. Santa had to go town to town, parish to parish, field to field, talking to every leprechaun in the country. Now, Santa couldn't risk being recognised when undertaking such a task, so he didn't wear his red suit. He just wore some normal old lad clothes, like a cardigan and trousers. But if you ask grown-ups, if they might have seen a beardy old lad gone field to field back in the day, if they did, then that was probably Santa. And they didn't even realise. Go on, ask them. Ask them, go on. So Santa was shuffling from field to field, traipsing around the roads, looking for leprechauns. And let me tell you, they are not easy to find. Being small, often dressed in green, it's pretty hard to see them in Ireland for all the greenery. Your best bet has Santa found. Go to a field and just listen. If you hear a little... There's likely to be a leprechaun nearby working on his shoes. He'd then climb over the fence into the field and shuffle about listening for the tapping. His slippers would get absolutely soaked. The leprechauns do an absolutely roaring trade with the she, Napuki, the other crowd. They love a good pair of shoes and the leprechauns are flat out making them. The other crowd are known as the gentry they have a few bob too. They live in beautiful underground palaces in the hills of Ireland. So space is not an issue. Each one of them with a walk-in wardrobe and an extensive shoe rack. <laughs> They're beautiful, but they do not like cleaning up after themselves. It's a bit of a mess. Anyway, I'm going off topic. 
even though Santa was offering what was actually a really decent contract to the leprechauns, with free room and board in Lapland and three months off during the summer, he still couldn't compete with the type of coin these guys were taking in from their roaring shoe trade. The leprechauns would barely even look at Santa they were so busy making the shoes. He had to talk really loudly over the constant tapping. Some of them wouldn't even talk to him until he'd ordered a pair of shoes, which he needed anyway, for his slippers were forever soaked from traipsing through the fields. Would you please stop the tapping for two seconds, please? It was taking an absolute eon to go field to field. Leprechaun to leprechaun. And there are a lot of fields in Ireland. Santa's heart was broke with the task. The leprechaun stank as well, though Santa was too polite to say it. He started talking to some of the other locals on his travels. Ireland having an abundance of crows. Lots of different types of crows. There's the rook, that's the big black one with the funny walk. The scald crow, that's the big bowsy wears the like, grey waistcoat. There's the jackdaw, never stops chatting. And the jay, the jay is a fancy looking one. And a lot of people don't even know it's a crow. There's magpies too, they wear the white waistcoat. Now they all have great eyesight and are notoriously sound out of it. Anyone will tell you that. It got to the point that if Santa was chatting to a crow, he could just ask if they could see a leprechaun nearby, which they could either see themselves or call to a pal. And they'd quickly have one found. This made the task in hand much faster. It meant Santa wouldn't have to go into a field and get his slippers soaked for no good reason. That said, it was not going well because none of the leprechauns were interested. They all said, No, 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 no. So it was that Santa was just going to have to leave everyone in Ireland absolutely spoilt rotten. So his time traipsing the roads and the fields of Ireland had all just seemed like a waste of time. He made his way to the nearest phone booth. It was an ancient time before mobiles or even the internet. He dialed the North Pole and he told them, I'll make me way north. Get a sleigh to pick me up. Uh, what about the Giant's Causeway? He was walking north, you see. And the Giant's Causeway had been built by two fighting giants. And it made an excellent runway for the sled. Some people even called it Santa's Causeway. As he walked north in his cardi and trousers with a beardy head in him, Santa couldn't get the Causeway out of his head. He just kept saying, Causeway, 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 Causeway. Why can't I stop thinking about this Causeway? Cause, 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 the crows. The penny dropped. The answer had been staring Santa in the face. Who would be better to keep tabs on all the bell stuff children were doing but the crows, as well as making the notorious They're also notoriously sound, ask anyone. They are very numerous in Ireland. 
You can't turn around in Ireland but see a crow. It was then, just as he looked up and saw a dirty great big skull crow on a standing stone. Of course, and him knowing them to be sound in general, it's a well-known fact, he said, Hey, you guys have a leader I could have a word with. He found out that the grey crow he was speaking to was actually the Morrigan, or Osgeilge, the Moregan, the big queen. She was actually the queen of Ireland, so to speak. And Santa wasn't surprised, as it was a crow, because they were so sound. So it was there, at a field just outside Dundalk, that the big man, Big S, S Dog, the Lord of all Christmas. That's plural for Christmas, look it up. I swear. It was there. Santa asked the Moregan if they would be interested in subcontracting the spying on all of the Bell children. The Morrigan had seen how atrocious the people of Ireland had been behaving and was only too eager to see an end to it. Santa produced the contract he had intended for the leprechauns, took a pen from his cardy pocket, made a few annotations, you know, scribbled out leprechauns, wrote in Crows of Ireland, which the Morrigan was happy to initial. With the pen in her beak, she signed then and there with the contract on Santa's belly. So now, it's not the elf on the shelf you need to be worrying about if you're thinking about doing something bold. Even if you're not. Stop, take a look around, look out the window. Tenor bets you're an eyeshot of Santa's ever-present, subcontracted Christmas crows. <laughs> <laughs>